All minds clear, all hands lifted, all eyes closed. Father God, we just want to thank you today for this opportunity, Lord, to gather again in your presence, Father. Lord, I ask that, that none of me be present today, but all of you, Lord. I decrease so that you might increase, God. Lord, I ask that, that the word goes forth today with, re with revelation, Lord, so the eyes of understanding of all the people in the audience will be able to understand, Lord, so that the enemy has no room to take what is going to be sown tonight. And Father God, we just want to be careful to give your name all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. So today I just wanted to talk briefly about um, what the purpose of this message is for us to truly understand the importance of revelation. And I'm just going to talk about revelation in the general sense, but we need revelation in regards to everything that we do in, in, concern, in regarding God. We need a revelation on the word. We need a revelation on worship, who are we actually worshiping when we worship God. Not accusing anybody of worshiping idols, but sometimes if we don't have a complete revelation of who we're truly worship, worshiping, our, our worship is not going to be as effective as it could be. And the same goes for prayer. When we pray, if we don't know who we're truly praying to, if we don't know the power that prayer has, God, he's still going to answer our prayers, but we don't know that he's willing and he's able to, to do everything that we ask him to do. And oftentimes when we fail to understand a revelation as to why we do certain things, well, things start to become systematic. Things start to be, be um, done out of tradition. And oftentimes we fail to see the true power of God. So I want to begin just by saying with revelation comes purpose. With revelation comes purpose. Oftentimes, a lot of us here are members of YCC, and we recite this vision statement week in and week out. And we fail to realize sometimes that this vision statement wasn't something that Pastor Mike just picked up off the street. It wasn't something that he just pulled out of a hat, but instead it was something that was revealed to him from God. And then this vision statement birthed the purpose of this ministry. So if you remember this ministry, this vision statement is now a purpose, your purpose. Um, so for those who are not members and for everybody else in here, um, oftentimes we ask God, what is our purpose? We may ask God, I ask him all the time, what is my purpose? What is my purpose here on this earth? And oftentimes he just goes ahead and tells me that your purpose is to duplicate me. Your purpose is to shed light, to destroy the works of the enemy, the same thing that Jesus did. Your purpose is to heal all that are oppressed of the enemy. And we can't do this unless we have a true revelation of who God truly is. We can't do this in its entirety unless we have a complete revelation of who God is. So I just wanted to go ahead and define revelation real quick. And one, rev one definition that I particularly like was an act of revealing or communicating divine truth. An act of revealing or communicating divine truth. Now we read in John, the first chapter, the first verse, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. We all know that. So then we go skip down a few verses, and we read that the Word became flesh. Now remember the definition, an act of revealing or communicating divine truth. Jesus came to this world to reveal God's very nature. God sent his son to the world to reveal the truth about who he was. Oftentimes we read the word and we don't understand that in the old days they didn't have a true revelation of who God was. So when Jesus came, they couldn't even understand who he was. And they, didn't have, they had a distorted view of who he was. And uh, sometimes we fail to realize that this is one of the foundational revelations that Christianity is based upon. 
Uh, we read in Matthew, the 16th chapter, when um, we recall the story that Jesus, he was asking his disciples, who do men say that I am? And they responded, we all know their response by saying, one of the prophets, well, we think that the men think that you're Elijah, men think that you are um, Jeremiah, but pretty much a prophet. Then he went on to ask, but who do you say that I am? And Peter responded by saying, you are the Christ, son of the living God. And uh, upon this rock, uh, Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Now, what rock was he talking about? He was talking about the fact that he was the son of, he was the son of God. And then we go to John, the 14th chapter, around the 6th verse. It says, when Jesus was talking, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And no man comes to me except through, um, no man comes to the Father except through me. Now, I know this may seem a little elementary, but most of us today don't know completely in entirety who Jesus is. And therefore, we don't have a true revelation of who God is. And oftentimes, I think I heard uh, Chris Palmer said this when he came to speak. He said, some of us know God as our provider, but we fail to realize him as our healer. Amen. So we can walk around with all the money in the world but still be sick. And vice versa, some of us know God as our healer and not know him as our provider. So we can walk around perfectly healed with no money in our pockets. So we have to have a true and complete revelation of who Jesus is to really understand who God is. And I know this is like, this is me just pretty much building up groundwork for today. So just, just, just bear with me. Um, oftentimes, I know many of you can relate to this. We, we come to church and we experience the joy of God. We experience the peace of God. We experience the love of God. But when we come home, it, it doesn't even have to take an hour. Some of us, it takes an hour, two hours. Some of us, it takes another day. But for some reason, those feelings don't last. It's like they're temporary. And we fail to realize that, that all of God's attributes are eternal. So when we don't understand and when we don't realize that, that all of God's attributes are eternal, we don't understand the true revelation of God, therefore we're not going to be able to sustain this peace. We're not going to be able to sustain this love. We're not going to be able to sustain this joy. So like I said, with revelation comes purpose. So I'm going to go ahead and move on. The word without revelation is deadly. I'm going to say it again. The word without revelation is deadly. Revelation is the thin line between life and death. Now we read in Proverbs 29 and 18 where it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. And then it goes on to say, But happy is he that keeps the law. And I had looked this up in the Amplified Version, and it says, um, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But after vision, it had in parentheses, Where there is no redemptive revelation of God, the, the people perish. So where there is no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. This is why many people that know the word, but they fail to understand who the word is, the true word, true and the living word, they, they can't sustain this revelation knowledge, and that's, that's why they can't sustain true peace. That's why they can't sustain true love. This is why two people can be sitting in the, same, in the same room. Some of us tonight, we can be sitting in the same room, and some of us can be grabbing hold to the message, and some of us are not. Therefore, one of us is being delivered while the other one is remaining in the same situation. The thing about it is you have to catch hold of the revelation. So once again, the word without revelation is deadly. Um, just thinking back to slavery, when slavery occurred in America, uh, we all know about slavery, and one of the main ways whites used to enslave blacks was, was the Bible. And we know the Bible was written 
um, to, to pretty much free us. But this word was, was written, uh, this word was used to keep a whole race of people in bondage. This word was used to enslave a whole race of people for over 400 years. We read in the Bible about the Pharisees and the other religious leaders back in the scriptures who knew the scriptures. They knew the written word, but they were blind to the true and living word. They were blind to when Jesus came. So without the, without the revelation, the word was used to pretty much esteem themselves. They were condemning other people. They didn't even, they didn't even realize, but they were actually committing sin. They were, they were stoning people because, because, they weren't, because of the people not following the law, because they weren't following the law. So like I said, um, they knew the scriptures, but they were blind to the, to the real word. But Jesus used that same word with the revelation to, to, to free the people, to free the minds of the people, to free them spiritually, to free them mentally, to, to spree, uh, free them mentally and, and physically. And today, um, religion also uses the word, the same word that we read on Sundays, the same word that we take home with us and we study, the same word, that, that, that same Bible that's up there in that corner. They use that same word to keep people in bondage. We oftentimes, we talk about how um, religion... Uh, we talk about how, what we can't do and what, who we can't be. And God came to reveal to the, to the people who we are, who we truly are, and who we can be. Um, I was speaking with Jerry's yesterday, and he said he was on campus. And um, there was a group of guys who were spreading the word, and he said they had a post right here, and then they had a post all the way on the other side. And on it, connected to these posts was, two ban- was, a, was a, a large banner. And the banner pretty much said that God's wrath is upon the sinner. So they, they were sitting there, they were using the word to condemn people. The same word, like I said before, that Jesus used to free the minds of the people, they were, he, they were using the word to condemn people. So they were saying that God's wrath was upon the sinner, and Jairus was just explaining to me how upset he was with that. But the same Bible that they read is the same Bible that we read. The only difference is they didn't catch hold of the revelation. So um, we had a a speaker here, I want to say a few months ago, I can't exactly remember when, but he said something that I thought was very profound. He said that God wants us, he wants to lead us beyond the scriptures, not outside the scriptures, but he wants us to lead, he wants to lead us beyond the scriptures. Um, so just to pick you, just to, just to back up a little bit, all of our revelation, everything that we do starts off with the Bible. If it doesn't line up with the Bible, it's not true. But like he said, God wants to lead us beyond the scriptures. Um, Sister Tiffany was telling us about a powerful testimony that she had. She said that God took her up to heaven, and, and when she was in heaven, one thing that she mentioned is that she was on the right hand of the Father, and then God said, this is where I keep you always. And we read that in the scriptures all the time, but, but to have an open vision, to have a deeper revelation of what that truly meant, how do you think she feels now? And honestly, with that revelation, when she expressed that revelation, that same revelation empowered me. That same revelation empowered a bunch of people in his ministry. It was due to the, it was due to the revelation. That, that, that It was all because of the revelation. So once again, God wants to lead us beyond the scriptures, not outside of them. God wants to show us deeper things than just words on a page. He, he, he wants to add life to the words. Like I said, Sister Tiffany, the Bible says that we're co-heirs with Christ. The Bible says they were seated at the right hand of the Father. But Tiffany had an open vision. Now, that added life to that scripture. That added a purpose. That added meaning to that scripture. 
um, I can't remember who it was, but I think it was either Kimani or Sister Tiffany, but they were telling the testimony about a guy who was taken up to heaven. And when he was in heaven, he had a chance to experience heaven's library. And in heaven's library, he said that there was an individual book for every single scripture in the Bible. So there was an individual book for every scripture in the Bible. So this just goes to tell me that there is there's a deeper revelation in everything that we read that needs to be sought out. And just a side note, this is why meditation is so important. Uh, just a personal testimony. Um, it was one day I, I, I was feeling down. I was feeling kind of out. I really don't like to diagnose myself, but I was really feeling depressed. Um, it was to a point where I didn't even want to get out of bed one morning. And the only way I can describe it is I was sitting in bed, and it was like this big ball of negative emotion. I had anger. I was frustrated. I was irritated. I was upset. I was sad. It was just like this big ball of negative emotion just sitting right here in my stomach, and I didn't want to get out of bed. And I knew it was the devil, and I knew I needed God in that situation. But on, honestly, I didn't want to pray. It, it, I didn't want to worship. I didn't want to read the Bible. Honestly, I thought about it, and I'm like, there's too many scriptures in the Bible. I don't know what's going to help me out right now. So I decided to meditate. <laughs> so um, so I, I just thought about a scripture, and I was thinking about Proverbs 3 and 5. So I began to recite it. I said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. So I just kept repeating it. I kept reciting it. And at that moment, I, I began to slow down. And I, and I felt myself coming to a stop because I didn't want to do it anymore because it wasn't happening. Like, it, nothing was happening. So I just continued to do it. And in that moment, something happened where I started to experience this release. Like I said, this big ball that I had of, of negative emotion, negative feeling, it began to, to release it from, from inside of me. And at that moment, something told me to, to make it personal. So I began to say, I will trust in the Lord with all my heart and not lean on to my own understanding. I will acknowledge him in everything I do, and he, and he will direct my path. So I made it personal. I kept reciting it. I kept reciting it. And I realized that I went from reciting scriptures to a declaration. And, and, through, and it all happened through meditation. But, but we need a true revelation of the scriptures that we read. We need a true revelation of who God really is because without the revelation, we're not going to be able to sustain life in this world. We're really not. So like I said, God wants to lead us beyond the scriptures, not outside of them. Uh, my next point, God, uh, revelation brings about freedom. So revelation brings about freedom. We already talked about this, how religion how um, the Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees and the other religious leaders back in the day, how uh, American slavery, they, they used the word to keep people in bondage. Now remember, Ameri Revelation brings about freedom. Now Jesus took that same word. He took that same word, some same words on the page, and he used it to free the minds of the people. He used it to keep, get people out of bondage. The same word that was used to condemn the people, he used that word to redeem the people. So we, um, we look at Paul. And uh, Paul, one of the, you know, a powerful man of God. Everybody knows Paul in here at the Bible. And we know he wrote most, a lot of the New Testament. And when he was writing the New Testament, he, he was writing a lot of the New Testament out of a prison cell. And I, and I really don't think we understand that because he was writing letters of encouragement to, to mighty churches. He was writing letters of encouragement to mighty men of God. I'm talking about churches that were moving in power, churches that was really experiencing God move. But he was writing letters of encouragement to them. And, and through these letters of encouragement, honestly, I feel like Paul in that prison cell was freer than a lot of us are today. Amen. 
And when we, um, so Paul in that prison cell, he, he was a free man because he had the revelation of who God truly was. So like I said, like revelation, um, well, Paul, go back to Paul. Um, oftentimes, we, we, live in, we live in this American side, and we, and we think we're free. We, you know, we, we, we're in the freedom of America. But half of the time, many of us in here, we don't feel free. And like I said, Paul, he was free because of that revelation. So um, I'm just going to move on. Uh, revelation will bring you from serving God as a chore to serving God as an honor. The difference between, um, revelation is the difference between serving God out of fear, whether it's fear of going to hell, whether it's fear of being punished. Without the revelation, you're not going to be able to serve God the way he intended on you to serve him. It bring, the revelation brings you from serving God out of fear to serving him out of love. And honestly, you can't love with you who you don't know. So the revelation, it helps you get in tune to who, to who God really is. Another personal testimony. I pretty much grew up in the church. I was going to church ever since I was a little, a little boy. I can't even remember. Like we say, I was saved from birth, uh, honestly. But, <laughs> but I really didn't understand who God really was. I used to go to church. It was like a routine to me. I go to church on Sundays. I go to church on Wednesdays. I go to church Fridays, Saturdays, <laughs> Sunday nights. Like, what you doing at church on Sunday night? <laughs> but at that moment, I really didn't realize who God was. So I couldn't, I couldn't take in everything that, that I was supposed to take in. Like I said, revelation to bring you from serving God as a chore. I used to be burdened down by going to church. I used to be burdened down by listening to so much of the word, be, be burdened down because I didn't understand it. So honestly, uh, one, one area in particular that revelation helped me in is in worship. It wasn't until I got here that I experienced that, that worship is actually something that we all need to engage in. So when we, when we engage in corporate worship, we're going to God as a body, offering up something that he really wants from us. Back when I was at the church, I used to sit down doing worship. It wasn't even really worship. It was more so entertainment. It was a good choir, though. <laughs> but I would, um, I would get kind of excited when he was starting to preach. Don't tell nobody. I used to get excited because I knew the, the ending was coming near. <laughs> no, I'm serious, though. But, but I didn't understand what the true meaning of worship was. So when I got here and they started to teach us about the worship and I started to get more revelation about worship, now I look forward to worship. People ask me while I'm always on time, why are you always here? Because I'm like, <laughs> because I like it. <laughs> Honestly, because I need it. After you start getting more and more of the revelation, you're going to need more and more. It's kind of like people that's dependent on alcohol or other drugs. The more they get, the more they need. And it's the same thing with God with this revelation. So I got a revelation on who God was. I got a revelation of worship. So now, you know, they make fun of me the way I worship. But sometimes they don't see me in the back on my knees. I never cried in church until I understood what, revela what the revelation was. Wow. And, and like I said before, revelation of the Bible. I've been, I've been listening to the Bible. I've been listening to messages all my life. And it wasn't until I got here that I understood that there was true power in God. We all, we all knew, we all read the Bible, and we knew that, that Jesus healed the sick. We all knew that he raised the dead. But we had no idea that, that we were supposed to do it, too. <laughs> Honestly. It, and it, and it, and it, it kind of scares me because we all, we were, I was reading the same Bible at the church I was at. 
It's not like we had a different version of the Bible. It was the same words on the page. It's just without the revelation. So today I just want to encourage everybody to seek out revelation in everything that you do concerning God. And some of you may ask, how do we do this? How do we do this? And, and one way to do it, go back to the definition of revelation, an act of revealing or communicating divine truth. So when we take that down, we must be in constant communication with God in order to receive the revelations of God, whether it's through prayer, praying in the spirit. And when I say prayers, I'm not talking about the two to five minute prayers that we say before we go to bed. Honestly, um, a lot of y'all know I'm in a relationship with Jazz right here. And if, if I wanted to know the deeper things about her, if I wanted to know a, a, more rev a deeper revelation, if I wanted to know more about her, I couldn't spend two to three minutes, five minutes with her at the end of my night reciting the same lines. I, it's just not going to work. <laughs> but it's, it's true. It's not, it, would it work? <laughs> it's not going to work. <laughs> So we must be in constant communication with God. Well, like I said, whether it's through prayer, whether it's through worship. When we're worshiping God, we really have to understand who he truly is. Like I said, because we can't really understand, we can't worship God to the full extent if we don't understand why we're truly worshiping him. And whether it's through reading the word, as we read the word, ask for revelation. There's been often times where I read the scriptures and I'm like, God, what do you mean by this? And I write it down and I leave it alone. The next day or two, he will reveal what it meant. So it's, let's not put God in this, this faraway box where he seems so unreachable and we got to tear, we got to wait. But he, he, he really wants to be our father. He really wants to reveal things to us. But another point we got to remember is we have to have the right motives. We have to have the right intentions. God always looked at the hearts of the people. And when he looked at the hearts of the people, he always examined them. And, and if their heart wasn't right, he, he had nothing for them. And if your heart isn't right, just pray in the spirit. Honestly, just ask God to purify you. I've done it before, and it worked. Um, I did it a few times. I asked. It was a simple prayer. God, purify me. And, and for some reason, it seemed like some of the negative emotions, some of the negative, more negative attributes of me started to arise. And, and, and I couldn't realize why, like, within the next few days. But then I thought back to that prayer, and I was like, God, purify me. So I, I really believed that he was bringing to the surface some of the stuff that I didn't even know was inside of me. I began to get angry. I'm not an angry person. And I believe that he was bringing it to the surface so it can eventually get out. So like I said, I'm not, I'm not preaching this message. I'm not, I'm not trying to tell everybody to become these big revelation junkies where you're looking for the next big revelation so you can come to church and, and reveal to everybody what God has revealed to you. <laughs> but, but I'm saying we need to uh, seek revelation. Once again, revelation, it, it, sustains, it sustains our life. It makes this, this relationship, it makes this experience that we have with God more obtainable. It makes this experience less, less it makes it more real. It brings God down to us because often, like I said, we, we keep God in the box at times. And revelation puts us in perfect alignment for what he called us to be. So that's all I have. And, and we, we can go ahead and close with, with another brief prayer. Uh, Father God, I just thank you today. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, to reveal to the people what you've given me. Lord, I ask that this word takes, takes root in their heart. I ask that this word takes root in their spirits. I ask that, that anything that the enemy is trying to do to oppress the people, anything that the enemy has in store for the people, if it's not going on in heaven, it's not going to go on in here. 
And we just want to thank you for this opportunity, Lord. And, and we give you all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up and thank God for Brother Johnny. Hallelujah. How many people were just blessed by that message? How many people were encouraged by the word that just went forth? I know he, I just took some quotes that I'm taking down that he just gave. Amen. And there's one thing about Brother Johnny that I just learned. He's going to keep it real. <laughs> if he don't like being in the church, he's going to tell you he don't like the church. <laughs> But yeah, I thank God for Brother Johnny. He just blessed me. He really surprised me. He's really growing. No, I'm serious. Like, he's really, this is his first time speaking, and he sounded like he's been done this time and time again. Amen? And I just thank God for him and the word that he brought forth tonight. That being said, we have a second speaker who's going to give us some brief words of encouragement, exhortation. And this young man is one that I consider a leader as well. He's one that, again, is in the back. He's one that's not trying to be on the forefront. But I've even seen him um, on campus. And I, we was on campus not too long ago. And um, we were out promoting this event that we were going to have with the church. And I just saw this big crowd of people. <laughs> it was this big circle of people. And I'm like, what, what's going on over there? And then I... I went to see what was going on, what the commotion was about, and I went and I looked in the middle of this circle of people, and it's this brother standing in the middle, <laughs> looking like he's teaching parables <laughs> to this crowd. <laughs> and uh, I was just looking at, at that point, I'm just like, man, he just, he don't even know, but he's a leader. For people to circle around this guy, just leaning on every word that he's giving, I don't know what he was saying, I came in on the tail end. But it was something good, apparently. And I just looked and I said, he's a natural born leader. He's not only a man of God, but he's a track star. Just recently, he's about to graduate from Eastern Michigan University. He had a great track career. His parents are here. Let's thank God for them over here. <laughs> I got it right this time. <laughs> and I just thank God for this man of God. And we, let's all stand and welcome him and give God some praise for him as he comes. Brother Jerry is son.